Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Hello, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big old money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damien Sassauer. We have a lot to talk about in the world of soccer, and I apologize because our next guest is in the UK where they call it football, but okay, we'll get on the bandwagon here in the US. Bloomberg UK business reporter David Hellier on the line, and there are two big stories about Manchester United and Manchester City. Uh, let's start, first of all, David, thank you for being here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Let's let's start with the good news, I guess. Uh, let's start with Man U. Uh, let's, what 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 is the latest on that? And uh, are we looking at uh, the the big time mechanics of the sale here? Yes. Well, um, I mean, I guess it's the day that uh, uh, Man United. A lot of Man United fans have been waiting for for years and years. Um, it'll be the beginning of the end of the Glazer family, if if it indeed. Uh, turns out that way. Um, so far, um, there are really two front runners. Um, one is Jim Ratcliffe, um, who is a well-known uh, British um, businessman. I mean, really unusual these days for a British businessman to be trying to buy a football club. Um, but he's, according to Bloomberg's um, wealth index, he's worth thirteen and a half billion pounds. So he's unusually uh, wealthy for for a British guy. Um, and on, in the other corner at the moment are it's some sort of form of Qatari bid. Um, we're, we're, we've reported that it's uh, linked to the Emir of uh, Qatar. Um, and um, it's, it's interesting, but also a little bit controversial because uh, Qatar's QSI, Qatar Sports Investments, also owns uh, PSG. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain in yeah. Paris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, will the Qataris even be allowed to participate in this uh, in this auction for Man U simply because of their interest in PSG? Nothing suggests they won't be able to participate in the in the auction um, because, in, as far as the Premier League is concerned, which is um, uh, you. you in order to uh, sort of pass the test, as it were, you need to get past the Premier League. And the Premier League's rules are that, that you can't own two uh, clubs in, 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 the, in the Premier League. Um, and, of course, PSG is not, it's not in the Premier League. It's in the French League. The, uh, the, 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 the sort of sticky situation comes if they do buy it. Um, and if those two clubs then uh, qualify for the European Champions, Champions League, League yeah. which, they, which they normally do, uh, although, having said that, uh, Man United isn't in the Champions League this season. It didn't get, uh, it didn't qualify. Um, so then it becomes an issue as to whether they can, uh, you know, both enter the, the uh, Champions League. And it, it, it could be that um, the owners amongst themselves could decide that only one of them 
pence is as Champions League, but but hmm. no, you know, no owner would want that. Would yeah. want to miss out. No, I mean that that interrupts the game and and what helps a team qualify. Um, in terms of price tag, Man U, of course, was one of the most or and remains one of the biggest brands in international sports. How much will the team sell for, and how much debt would be involved? Um, well, I mean, the, the the debt will depend on you know if the Qataris buy it. We're, I think we're assuming that they won't need to raise much debt; they can just pay pay cash outright or whatever. But, um, but um, the, the person, one of the people I've been talking to, is a real expert on this. Is um, Adam Summerfeld at Certus Capital, and he said that um, whoever buys Man United will have to pay at, le- at least uh, in excess of four billion pounds. Well, let's go from big-time news about sales to what's turned out to be a hot mess for Manchester <laughs> City. They are now facing an investigation into its finances by England's Premier League. And, David, first of all, it, they could lose points. They could be out of a chance for the title. They could be out on trying to qualify for Europe's Champions League. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, all, all those, those things are, are possible. Um, I mean, of course, um, Manchester City, we reported at the time that, um, you know, we, we, um, we, we, you know, we deny these charges irrefutably, but 115 charges altogether, which is amazing. Um, but they say, you know, we look forward to this matter being put to rest once and for all. The, 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 the charges have been um, around Manchester City's neck, I suppose, for, for a few years. UEFA uh, heard, and heard the charges saying... Um, originally found them guilty and then Man City went to the appeal court court of arbitration for sport and overturned the decision mainly because um, there was a time bar on, on some of the charges so they were more than five years uh, you know since the charges have been heard um, I mean it, it's, it's something that's a bit that's unprecedented in the Premier League uh, since the Premier League was, was formed just over 30 years ago um, there, there, there's been one or two little incidents about third-party ownership of players and things, but nothing quite as seismic as this. Um, and, of course, you know, Man City is so dominant at, at the moment in, in the English game. They've won uh, successive titles and, um, you know, other trophies. Um, and, and the consequences of, uh, you know, the possible consequences of um, them being punished are, are huge. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. So, David, you know, I'm just reading here that um, uh, Man City hired uh, David Panic, the same attorney who defended Prime Minister Boris Johnson in the so-called Partygate scandal to defend the football club against these 100-plus financial rule violations, right? So my question is this. Panic is getting paid something like a, a, a left winger, right? Or, a, or some of the star <laughs> media. That, I mean, love that. He's getting $500,000 a week for defending the club. Is that right? 
um, I, I, I don't know whether that's exactly right, but um, he's certainly going to be well paid. And um, but if they win this case, I mean, it'd be, be money well spent. If they miss out on the Champions League, that's around uh, when Chelsea won the Champions League, they they had a revenue of 120 million euros from that. And since wow. then, that was two years ago, that'll have gone up now. Um, but just qualifying for the Champions League is sort of about 80. 90 million pounds um, so I think Panic will have earned his money if he if he gets the most of charges uh, I love the signs that fans have put up all over Manchester about Panic on the streets of London yeah <laughs> which is yeah um, yeah, which which refers to an old Smith song, yep. I think. Yep. Yep. Uh, which I, I remember. Yeah. I mean, it does feel just being a um, sports business correspondent in London at the moment. It feels like um, you know so many important decisions are being taken in um, either in the law courts or um, you know or or in or in the offices of Goldman Sachs. <laughs> <laughs> does this change uh, the fan base at all? I mean, they obviously are keeping on top of all the headlines and uh, you know their allegiance doesn't change but I, I just wonder does it I don't know add a level of cynicism to to, to cheering for your team yeah I, I think so I think so because um, you know we're, I, I mean slightly unused to uh, as I said you know to something like this where um, I mean you, you hear about it in Formula One and you know other sports but um, you know the, the Potential a, a, a team that's like riding high and has been dominant for you know seven or eight years could suddenly be relegated um, because of an accounting scandal. Um, I mean, it, it it has happened before. It's happened in in Scotland actually, but to the Glasgow Rangers. But you know, at the top of the Premier League, it is it it, it does it does uh, make some people cynical. But I mean, you know, the, the the fans that are going to the games. I mean, they're still going in huge numbers and still watching in huge numbers. And well, David, you make, a, you make a great point about the fans, right? And it is all about the fans. And, and you know, I just want to, you know, you know, turn back to Man U here. As a fan, let's, I, I don't know if you're a Man U fan, but I'm sure you know many uh, of them. Uh, yeah. um, who would you be rooting for? Would you be rooting for <laughs> Sir Jim Radcliffe to, to take over ownership? Or would you be rooting for the Qataris? And the reason I ask is this is or, actually or, a good... What? The Glazers not to sell. Or, or, well, my point is, yeah. I, I think a lot of of soccer fans, I'm sorry, football fans, would probably want the deepest pocket, you know, suitor to win, right? And yeah. that may very well be the, the you know you know cutter. But you know, at the same time, yeah. you know, any nationalistic fervor going on there in the UK regarding having Radcliffe own the team? I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a really difficult one because I think um, it's not just a nationalistic thing. Jim Ratcliffe is, um, you know, Manchester United uh, fan, um, and I remember. Uh, so is the Emir. Yeah, no, no, no. But, okay, so they both, they both that, but, 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 but Jim Ratcliffe. It's not just that he's a fan. Actually, he, he rather unusually, he comes from Manchester because a lot of them. There's a joke about the Manu fans that they all live in in London, um, or that you know that they're they're tourists. But Ratcliffe actually lived in Manchester. I remember him telling me that he learned to count by counting the chimneys in, outside his bedroom window. Um, he's a northerner, really working class. So there's some allure about him, but then there's a massive scepticism. I've been talking to quite a lot of Manu fans, and you know they're so worried that he would have to take on debt. Uh, to your point earlier, um, you know, in in substantial amounts, and that, and and it was the debt that became the, um, the the bet noir of the Glazers. You know, it's the fact that they was castigated for paying for the club of debt uh, 
for running the club with that, you know. And um, so they're very worried. They're very worried about that. And then they look at uh, Chelsea under Roman Abramovich and um, uh, Man City under uh, Sheikh Mansour of UAE, and they just look at it and they see, you know, deep pockets means success. So um, it's almost like um, all the other aspects of uh, Qatar, the human rights situation, the migrant labour, you know, all those things, the, the treatment of women. I mean, they, you know, they don't really um, figure that much, although I, I, I did notice that one of the uh, organisations today called Fair Square wrote to the UEFA saying that the Qatari bid should be um, annulled or whatever. Oh, this is the mess that we're going to see how this is going to turn out. My yeah. goodness. Uh, David Hellier, and you are just extraordinary Bloomberg UK business reporter. Thank you so much for your knowledge and dropping it on us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. That's Thank pleasure. you, sir. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm Scarlett Fu, and I'm on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. I'm Damian Sassauer, and I'm on Twitter at D Sassauer. Hey, by the way, you can catch our podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Download those podcasts wherever you get them. And by the way, look out for a bonus podcast with our Dawn Kissy. You just go and look for it. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.